Hi, I'm Emily Cross. I'm a senior lecturer in the School of Psychology at Bangor University, and my field is cognitive and social neuroscience. Hi, I'm Antonia Hamilton. I'm a senior lecturer at the Institute of Cognitive Neuroscience at University College London, and my research is in social neuroscience and autism. We're really interested in learning, especially motor learning and observational learning, and it turns out that dance is a fantastic paradigm for studying complex learning. And if you think about dancing, you're coordinating your entire body to do some really crazy, complicated movements, and um, there's no objects involved, there's no discrete goals involved, but dance can really allow us to look at how complex movements that involve coordination of the whole body are learned. Have you been looking at people learning to dance from scratch, or are you looking at established dancers? We've looked at both. We've done some studies where we're looking at um, established dancers who are then learning a new dance routine, and we've done other studies where we take people who can't dance at all and teach them to dance using a video game and see how they got on with learning that and see what changes in their brain as they learn a completely new skill. And what kind of changes do you see? We see changes in bits of the parietal cortex and bits of the frontal cortex that we know are linked to things like um, movements and movement sequences and also to things like mirror neurons, so to understanding other people's actions. So how were these people learning to dance? Were they learning from a, a live instructor or from videos or what? This is an excellent question. When we worked with expert dancers, they were learning to dance in a studio context. They were a professional modern dance company, and they had a choreographer who was setting a really complex new work on them five days a week. And then they came into the fMRI laboratory and had their brain scanned every weekend throughout a six-week rehearsal process. So our expert dancers were learning from an actual other professional dancer who were teaching them a piece. But when we looked at the novice dancers or the people who had never learned to dance before, they were learning in a video game context. So there they had kind of these scrolling arrow cues as well as a video of a person doing what they're supposed to learn. So do you think the way we learn something affects how easily we learn it? Yeah, I I definitely think that's the case. Um, And I think different people benefit from different sort of learning contexts. And this is something that our laboratory is actually looking into in more detail now. So you might be really good at picking up dance movements by simply watching them, whereas I have to physically practice them. And we're not quite sure who's benefiting most from learning by observation compared to who's benefiting more by actually physically practicing things. And we really know there's a wide variety in people's preferences and abilities to learn in these different contexts. And we're trying to use dance right now to understand this in more detail. You mentioned mirror neurons earlier. Can you tell me a little bit more about their role in learning? So mirror neurons are these neurons that are active when you see an action and also when you do an action. And we think that one of the ways you can make new mirror neurons is by actually learning a skill and that'll make more links between what you see and what you do. And if you learn those links just for simple actions, you can then start to put them together into more complex sequences like dances as well. So does that mean that when I'm watching somebody dance, my brain is actually firing in a similar way than it would when I'm dancing? Yeah, that's exactly right. But the more skilled you are in dance, then the more benefit you'll get from the observation and the more you can sort of understand and sympathise with the other person who's doing the dancing. If, like me, you are very bad at dancing, then when you watch somebody dance, you don't get quite so much out of it. And mirror neurons, I think, have been implicated in autism, which is one of the areas you work in as Mm -hmm. well. Have you done any studies into this sort of thing in autistic people? So I've done a lot of studies on this in autism, and I think mirror neurons have nothing to do with autism. It's been put out there as a very popular theory. It sounds nice, but when you look into the detail, it actually doesn't make sense because it turns out that kids with autism can 
do these actions. They can copy stuff perfectly well, but they're not motivated to do it. They don't pick up teaching cues that tell most kids why to copy. So um, the autistic kids, they've got the moanions, but they're just not turning them on at the right time. So do you see the same patterns of firing in their brains when they're watching people do things? Yeah, we see exactly the same patterns of firing in their brains in these bits of parietal cortex, the bits that are associated with actually understanding the actions. But we see different patterns in some of the bits of brain that are linked to social interaction. So they don't understand the kind of social meaning of the action. So if they've got these same patterns in their brains, why are they not copying in the same way? Looking at most kids, most two, three, four-year-olds, all up through primary school age, kids like copying stuff all the time. They think it's fun to copy. They don't need to be told to copy half the time they copy, even when you don't want them to. So we think that most people are just tuned in and motivated to copy stuff. And autistic children, even though they can copy, they don't have the same motivation to copy. They don't understand why it might be fun and interesting to copy other people. So if we sit them down in a classroom and tell them, copy me now, they'll do it just fine. But they're not doing it spontaneously in the playground. And so then that means they miss out on some of the benefits that you'd get from copying other people. So they're perhaps not learning to fit into society in the way that most of us do through watching our peers and our elders and copying them. Exactly. They're not learning to fit into society in the same way. They're not learning just some of the sort of basic skills of getting around playing games in the same way that other kids will pick them up just by watching other people. But the, the difference is in sort of how much they're motivated to engage with the other person. Is there a way we could encourage them to copy more? That's certainly something that we're really, really interested in and we're trying to pursue at the moment is if we can teach them when to copy and give them a lot more cues, keep reminding them, watch me, copy me. That's the kind of thing that we think might start to make a difference.